0: Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell and the relentless recluse, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation, www.worldtrumpetfederation.com. I'm really not sure what else you need to know. Just say WTF, take a break from your day and drop in on us to get some new information about the trumpet. Informative articles, videos, and Joey's Almost Famous blog are all yours for the taking. And of course, the WTF is home to the Open Bell Podcast, where we shed light on lots of performance and teaching issues that will help and inspire you. So head on over to worldtrumpetfederation.com for some new perspectives and a little trumpet fun. And you can confidently send your students as well because, hey, we keep it totally PG here at the Open Bell. And by Longer Table Woodcrafters, LLC. Started in 2020 by our friend and trumpeter Bryn Marchiando, Longer Table Woodcrafters LLC creates reclaimed wood furniture and decor ranging from coasters to tables and also custom made mouthpiece stands that hold up to 28 mouthpieces and are made entirely from recycled pallet wood. They are exceptionally cool. And that's right, it holds more mouthpieces than Joey even owns. But Longer Table Woodcrafters is more than just a small business. In fact, the company's philanthropic mission is to donate an item to local community partners for every item sold. Donated items range from children's art caddies to some absolutely beautiful desks. Our longtime friend Bryn Marchiando is giving back to her community in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in a really beautiful way. So get on over to www.longertablewood.com or look for Bryn and her exciting new company on Facebook and Instagram. Longer Table Wood Crafters Reclaimed, Recycled, Reimagined the open bell podcast is comprised of three segments warming up couple things and no offense we use these segments to decide dictate and digest information that we believe is important to a dedicated trumpet diocese gentlemen shall we warming up is a segment we use to ease into the show by sharing some things that are on our radar And each week, it's brought to you by our friend Dan Gosling and his incredible product, Chop Saver. Dan is on a mission to solve lip problems, and we're on a mission to solve all the rest of the problems associated with the trumpet, and yes, even the cornet. So, Brian, last week you told us about a periodical you're now having delivered by hand from England by Carrier Pigeon. (laughs) What sort of antique conical voodoo is awaiting us this time around?
1: Well, actually, it's contemporary this time around. So I'm just thinking about as we're looking, we see the light at the end of the tunnel with COVID and we're coming out of this thing and bands are getting back together. Community bands are getting back together. Um, Brass bands are getting back together and people are starting to play again. And I just, I'm thinking about all of the sort of weekend warriors who have taken so much time off and are really excited to get back with their colleagues and I just want to caution people about a couple of things when they get back to playing the cornet um, in their bands. One or the or trumpet?
2: Is, what if they play uh, trumpet?
1: It sort of it applies to trumpet, too. Oh my but first God. and foremost, it applies to cornet, of course. Um, of course. And that is you have to manage your expectations when you get back. Um, maybe you're not going to be able to play as loud. Maybe you're not going to be able to play as long. And then you run the risk if you're really going for it in your first couple of rehearsals back, you run the risk of actually doing some damage. You know, your muscles have atrophied over this this time, and you have enough time, right? We're probably, I'm guessing, between four and eight weeks away from groups getting together more on a regular basis, maybe longer. And so you have time to start doing a little bit of work. You know, you don't have to do every day. You don't have to do an hour every day. But maybe every other day, 15 or 20 minutes for the first week, then get maybe up to a half an hour after two or three weeks. And I think you'll guard against um, being totally disappointed when you get in um, to a group and why well, I could do these things when we left and now I'm sitting in my first chair or I'm sitting third chair and I can't, which is the leader of the section, of course. Um, and I can't- <laughs> Lead from the
2: third book. <laughs> lead from the third book. Um,
1: and I can't can't make these notes or or I get super tired. So um, just manage your expectations. I love Scott's um, point, um, I guess it's Vinny Martino's point about the chop meter is always running and Mm -hmm. just be super aware as you get back into this plane the chop meter is always running and just be careful yeah
2: yeah being careful is the the i think the biggest part of that yeah you want to have your brain turned on so you you not trying to do something that you shouldn't expect to be able to do yet because if you do that's where you're not being careful you can end up hurting yourself and then you're you know not taking one step forward you're taking three steps back it's like it would be like falling off a bike, no offense. Be bike. like fall, no falling <laughs> off a bike, face first.
1: Well, there are. I mean, I'm I'm coming back, and I feel like I'm coming back strong. But there are, I play things, and there are things just not that notes just not going to come out at that point in that phrase, no matter what I do, and it's kind of funny at this point. And if, if it's in public, you know, in five months or four months, it's just going to be downright embarrassing. But I guess it'll still be funny. <laughs> it'll oh, still it'll be
0: funny. still be funny. <laughs> I love that when you took stock of the things that you wouldn't be able to do the same, that be, playing loudly was the first thing you mentioned.
2: <laughs> I thought that was interesting as well. Like, Wasn't the, it? Like, my, I, I'd be able to play as loud. That's yeah. your first concern is volume? I've,
1: I think, I've started to address that, actually. <laughs> I think that's clear.
0: We've got some really wonderful recordings of Brian and trumbo <laughs> mundi. <laughs>
2: yes. Speaking of leading <laughs> <Drilling laughs> from the third book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, sure. great
0: great advice for sure. Joey, what do you have for us?
2: Here's what I've got as a, uh, you know, it's it's second semester, it's recital season and, and we've talked a little oh, about yes. programming of recitals and music. I want to take a broader picture of not just the but not just the music, but the equipment and all the stuff. And I think there are a lot of us trumpet teachers out there, band directors out there that have the stuff that we know and that's that's all we know. So, you know, you want a trumpet, you know, like when we were in college, you get a Bach 37, you get a 3C and you're done. And then you play the Haydn and the Hummel and you're done, right? So as much as, you know, the Bach 37 is a, is a great trumpet and the 3C is a great mouthpiece and the Haydn and the Hummel are important pieces in our literature, I want us to really make sure that we're keeping our minds open to new stuff. You know, one of the one of the pieces that uh one I had a student just play on a recital recently was Jennifer Higdon's uh, Trumpet Songs, right? They're yes. they're lovely, right? And interestingly enough, uh one of the collaborative piano faculty we were at the dress rehearsal came over and said, "I had never seen these." And I said, "Right, they're relatively new. You know, they're new on the scene, but that doesn't mean that they're bad just because they're new. You know, we need to make sure that we're growing not just with I mean, we think we've we talked about trumpets. There are more great trumpets being made now than probably ever. There's right. so many right. great horns out there and great mouthpieces out there and great mutes out there, you know, but there's also great music being written. I just got an email from a grad student here at IU who said, hey, uh, I wrote this for a friend of mine. It's an unaccompanied piece. Here's a video of my friend that's playing it. So I watch it. It's like a five or six minute piece. It's really good. I wrote him back and I said, wow, thanks for sending this. I love unaccompanied stuff. And I really like the piece. Nice job by your friend. Uh, he's like, great, great, great. My, your students, then you can touch me. Here's my website. But we need to be open to that. I think uh, it's really, really easy, both in equipment and in music to kind of stay where you are. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about this, uh, like well, like, kind of like I think about pop music. Every generation thinks their pop music is the great pop music. We've talked about that before. Yes. Like, oh, these kids today, you know, they don't what they're listening to. When I was in growing up, everything was great. And now everything's terrible. I think the same can happen with not just literature, but with equipment. But I think we've got to be open to both of those things. So uh, that's
1: really struck me. You guys have any thoughts on this? Yeah, actually, I, I, um, because I write for ITG, I get a a pre copy of the. Of the journal, big PDF, and there's an article written by uh, Ashley Killam mm-hmm. um, in the next ITG journal, and it's a it's a big um, it's, you know a big grid of all these alternatives. So if you're if you prescribe the Hummel all the time, well then you could think about these three representative works um, right. that are, and the Higdon um, work is there, um, and it's a whole. It's a whole article on it. It's the first of two, I guess. Part, one, I guess, is part one. Well, yeah, she's and
2: part of a. She's got a.
0: Um, it's a, a group. Diversify she, the Stand LLC. Yeah, yeah she yeah. came and out actually, and did a master
2: class here at IU last. It's it outstanding year or two stuff. years yeah. ago. Ashley came yeah. in and did the presentation on this, and it was it was terrific. Yeah, yeah. former fabulous. student
0: of mine is working with her on that, Dr. Carrie Blosser. Yep. Oh, there uh, you Messiah go. Grad, it's, yeah, it's on great. Too. Yeah, yeah, they're they're doing some amazing stuff there for sure. Yeah. It's so
1: easy to put your hands on it now. Um, they're well, so helpful in that.
0: And isn't that it? I mean, we, you know, not to say it's easy to say, well, I know these handful of pieces. But, you know, <laughs> taking a chance on some new things sometimes takes a little more effort. But they're putting it right on the table for us.
2: Right. Yeah. And and not even just solo stuff. And there's lots of good new solo stuff out there. But, you know, etude books. Yeah. You know, think about when, when we were in college or when Bill... Was there college when you graduated high school? Uh, normal
0: I mean, school. no yeah. it was called normal school. Yeah,
2: they
1: just <laughs> he had the
2: Arvin. That was it. Yeah, they. Had, yeah, he, he went to. He went. And, he went and, and the Altenburg. got his autograph copy from Arvin. I, I had it in <laughs> and, manuscript. Yes. And the Altenburg. <laughs> and yeah. The Altenburg That was it. That's all we had. <laughs> That's all we had. You know, but the idea of, you know, the etude books we were using, and when we were in college, were old then. Yeah. And there's so much that has grown since then, that, you know, showing my students the stuff Phil Snedeker's put out, you know, those, there's some good stuff there. There's there's lots of great stuff. We just got to make sure we, we keep our eyes open to it. That's part part of being a teacher is, of course, staying connected. And I think a lot of times teachers can just it can be easy to stay where you are and just say, well, yeah, well, this is good. That's what I learned. And then that's what you le- need to learn. And that's
1: just not good enough. I teach yep. the canon. That's what I teach. Right there it is.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love the idea too, Joe. You're talking about the way it goes across to equipment, right? Like, so get a Bach. You right. Buy a Bach. You gotta buy. You gotta buy this. You gotta buy this mouthpiece.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All the way across. All of it's. We gotta keep keep aware of all of that stuff. You
0: gotta, this is the mute peel the stickers this is what you do <laughs> well of course there it is.
2: <laughs> everybody knows that well ryan i mean you think about the mutes we went to school with and and then what's available to us today i mean crazy you know when, when chris lego made that cup mute the classical cup or the classic cup and i tried that i'm like dude you just made a better <laughs> cup mute than i've tried and i'm like I'd, i'll be needing this right now he's mm-hmm. like oh cool you know it's, it's great yeah. So. All, right. All right, Bill. What do you got for us today?
0: Well, it's interesting. Along those lines, I, I want to go believe it or not, old school, uh, in talking or about for rep, you, school, for me, just school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, I I have a process of when I introduce things, and of course, I have a student who's ready now to embark on the Charlier journey. All
1: you right, know, or yeah. Charlier
2: than you, as we yeah. like to say here, Charlie, Charlier, Charlie Est.
0: That. Bad boy is sixty five dollars now.
2: Oh,
1: that's come down.
2: Yeah, actually, I know it, there are some places that it's seventy. Yeah, yeah. it's sixty five and seventy dollars for that book, which is ludicrous. Frankly, I, I mean, find that to be it's terrible.
0: The thing is, you have. I mean, it, you, you have to do it. Yeah, like, I mean, got to have the part book, of but it's
2: part of the the canon. I mean, it is, and there they are. They are great atudes.
0: Those atudes are showing up everywhere, and I, and I'm okay with. You know, well, here's my Arbin or here's my Charlie A book, which you can. But you know, with so many students, you can't you can't be lending it out all the time.
1: So. Do you have it in the library there?
0: Yep. So yeah, there's so two copies. Yeah, check it out in you know. the library. So, but yeah, it's a tough call, right? I mean, you are you guys still you're still prescribing it and have people buying it,
1: right? Uh, yeah, of course.
2: Yes, uh, I don't love that. I mean, I love using it because I think it's great music, but uh, but that's. I try and and, and justify the the idea of well look what you pay for books in your other classes and you're not you're probably not going to want to keep those after the class where this is a book you should keep the rest of your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. They'll teach from it. It just struck me that I, I was just feeling guilty about saying you got to get this book and then yeah. you know, you throw in there you got to have these mutes and you got to have you got to do this and you got to do that and it's yeah. That stings a little bit.
1: Access is difficult for sure. Yeah, absolutely. For
0: sure. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, this is exciting. It's mailbag night here uh, at the Open Bell Podcast. We've got some folks, of course, tuned in and listening, and I've got some emails for us. Here's email number one Hey, guys, great job with the podcast. My husband and I are regular listeners and just can't wait for Tuesdays to roll around so we can get our dose of the open bell I must say episode 38 was spectacular backboard bingo truth or dare edition was the best (laughs) I really hope you consider making that a regular segment I'm not sure if it was the perfectly written and intriguing questions so many double C's Joey's charming disbelief or Brian's commitment to his own truth but it was great (laughs) I saw on Facebook that someone suggested Joey should just let Brian go first but I'm afraid bill had this figured out and knew that Joey would not be able to just agree with Brian if he thought Brian was wrong.
2: <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Brian was wrong four out of five of those questions. Was I wrong. was right but four I out of never, five.
0: I knew you would ne- this listener is correct. I knew you would never be able to just agree with him on principle
2: alone. So but here, this- okay, hold on. I need to interrupt you because had I agreed with him when he's wrong, then we're wrong. I still have to play the double C.
0: That's right. That so that good. doesn't
2: work. Even that doesn't work now you're catching I, I think
0: it's great you've taken a week and you're clearly over it now <laughs> anyway to finish this email keep up the good work joey's mom san antonio Texas. there, oh man. <laughs> there it my is.
2: own mother my own mother
0: i i got this email from her i laughed i just kept laughing <laughs> out loud my family was one of those what, what's funny what are you laughing at
2: I, I do need to tell you guys one thing if we're talking about uh, uh, you know she she says she listens with her with her husband, my stepfather. Mm-hmm. My stepfather is is not as big a fan. <laughs> now, those of you who are who are fans of of the show Modern Family, he has compared this podcast to Sheldon's show, Fun with Flags. <laughs> so <laughs> he likes to refer to this as fun with trumpets. <laughs> and, uh, and here's the thing. It hurts a little too much because I think he's not far off the mark. So, right. yeah, we may have to yeah. change this to fun with trumpets just for, oh, uh, for my stepfather, Steve, there.
0: That'll be our spinoff. Yeah. Uh, okay. Email number two. Hello, gentlemen. I have a senior trumpet student, for anonymity's sake, let's call her Shmo-Livia, who is planning (laughs) on going into music education. (laughs) As one of my many sacred duties as her private teacher, I naturally got her hooked on your podcast. The problem is, now that she's been accepted to her top choice school, I'm pretty sure that instead of practicing and going to classes, she just hangs around binging on the open bell. Out of concern for <laughs> <coughs> Shmolivia, I'm wondering if this open bell and chill lifestyle would take the place of practicing uh, the pure digital street cred, right? so. Is, would would our show take the place of practicing just because she's got cred for listening to us? And if not, maybe her new favorite trumpet pedagogues could give her a nice reminder about staying on track. Sincerely concerned from Roxbury, New Jersey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, this is easy. Now, yeah. obviously, he's done great work getting yeah. her hooked on on the, on the podcast. That's yeah. just that's just that's just. Good teaching. That, that's someone yes, who clearly teaching.
0: attended some outstanding, universities. amazing
2: schools. At yeah. least two amazing at least universities. Two just
0: incredible. <laughs> yet very different. Yeah. But incredible universities. But I mean, anyway, one of them might have been Catholic. Maybe. Um, <laughs> and then the other was Messiah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Don't think I didn't hear that diocese comment in the opening. We're coming back to that. You're welcome. Oh, <laughs> right. but the, but the the easy part of this is. It's it's an old phrase. I use it all of the time. The open bell podcast is in addition to practicing, not instead of practicing. There we go. There it's very
1: simple. It's very simple. yeah. It's very simple. You just have to do it every day. And there's right now there's only how many how many versions of out, right? This is thirty nine.
0: Recording thirty nine, yeah. Yeah. So So you can
1: binge but you still got nowhere to go. You still gotta get in the practice room.
2: (laughs) But you can you can go back and listen to episodes over and over again. I yeah. think it's worthwhile. Yeah. You should. We're not yeah. saying you shouldn't do that. Well, we no, sh- should, not, we're obviously. Not
0: the, we're not a dead end as Brian implies. We're helpful. <laughs> you know. So yeah, but but please, uh, Shmolivia, if that's really your name, you should listen to your band director. Absolutely. So let's call him Ryan.
2: Let's for example,
0: for example. Yeah. Pulling it out yeah. of the air. Just a, you know, just pulling that out of there. All right, cool. Email three. Hey, guys, loving the podcast. You continue to empower me as a person, teacher, and performer. Although I've gotten some weird looks when I openly and aggressively tell people around me, hey, you're doing it wrong, and then laugh. (laughs) Clearly, they're not listeners. So my contract wasn't renewed for next year. Um, And I'm wondering if you guys are hiring. (laughs) growth of the podcast there's no way karen can handle all that i'm a real people person have connections in hotel and hospitality circles and have a scorching double b flat thanks for considering mike (laughs) this is awesome (laughs) wow i mean now people want to come to work for us well who
2: wouldn't i mean come on yeah it's a a great work environment it's a great uh
0: comfortable yet hostile Work environment exactly, yeah. Constantly
2: you know. hostile. You get some free swag.
0: Yeah, and the main office. I mean, if you're working at the home office, that's opulent.
2: I think is the word yes, you're looking for. I think it probably <laughs> yeah. is.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I. And Karen's I good know. people. <laughs> so
2: difficult. She's yeah, but really if, good if she, she if, our, if our staff is going to grow and she's going to become office manager, uh, wow. That's going to be a lot. So we're going to have an opening
0: for uh, assistant to the office manager.
2: Assistant office manager. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we're out. (laughs) And we're way out. Email 4. And this is our last one. Uh, Your show has been a massive inspiration for me. I completely overhauled how I practice and on what horns I practice. I have entirely bought into the thing, bought two guard elite cases, and have the six horns needed to be a true disciple. Also... I'm now officially a tongue-controlled embouchure player and have adapted all of my (laughs) mouthpieces to the following, (laughs) on which I would like your opinion. (laughs) Uh-oh. B-flat trumpet, 7C. C-trumpet, 7C with a 21 throat. E-flat trumpet, 7C with a 21.5 throat. Pick, jet tone, Maynard Ferguson model. Flugelhorn, 7CFL. Cornet, 7C. Uh, Bob Reeves, he had Bob Reeves put a trumpet shank on it. Okay, there you go. (laughs) How am I doing, Josh, from Altoona, Pennsylvania?
2: <laughs> okay, a couple <laughs> things there, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Go
1: back and listen to... Uh,
2: I mean, obviously, the uh, MF Jet Tone is the, uh, the the crown prince of the the mouthpiece there. And the piccolo the, is... The is, piccolo I, I can't imagine a, a better fit. But uh, so he's going with a stock 7C on the B-flat, is what you're saying. Yeah,
0: I think that's the mistake.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you're going to have to open that thing right up. you
0: got to open it up. And that's don't gonna bother have be taking a, it to the shop. No, no,
2: no, no. Just uh, just go out in your garage.
0: Yeah, and you just go what you do, and there's a process here. You find the drill bit, the one that just won't drop down in. You start with that. Right. And then do the next three back to back to back.
1: Exactly. Just do open use that right hand up. Hand drill, or do you have to put it into your electric drill? No, don't drill. put
0: it in a vice because you can control the angles better if you're freehanding it. That's yeah, what I've totally done. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. exactly. You Free- know what I mean? <laughs> Freehand it,
1: yes.
2: <laughs> because <laughs> that vice is going to make sure it's straight.
0: Well, and the vice is going to leave marks on the outside.
2: <laughs> Nobody wants that.
0: No, no, no one wants or needs.
2: But that. I, I like that he's made the commitment to not only the horns but to the cases. Yeah. yeah. Now this wow, is wow. The two, Josh. the two triples.
0: Of course, he's joking about the mouthpieces, but he has gone all in with the thing and the horns. Now, we got our friend in Jersey who committed to going back to school. This is a tough call. And if we start the listener's bracket,
2: oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. These
0: guys are front runners.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. I
0: mean, number one Josh, seeds
1: on the opposite sides of the bracket.
0: You know, while his financial layout won't be quite the same as Rich, who's going back to pay for an entire degree. Josh, is, he took a hit here right at the beginning.
2: Yeah. Now, what about non? Now are we going to have a, a part of that bracket, like what quarter of that bracket for non-trumpet players? Because, hey, listen, not to, uh, you know. Uh, be too much of my own family, but I think my mom might be a number one seed. be <laughs> I mean,
1: number one seed,
2: <laughs> <laughs> the southwestern bracket. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If we have sho- that Final shock. foresight down there, uh, you know, in Texas, like she Coming might be uh, hosting Southwest. home games. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And we've got uh, you know other wives of listeners too that aren't trumpet players that have sent some pretty good stuff and commented. I
2: do. I do believe Shelby's going to be in that bracket.
0: Shelby's in the bracket. Right. So is Carolyn. Sure. Yes. Arkansas. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, Niram scoring big points again tonight <laughs> here on the open bell. Exactly. He's gotta love it. Oh, well, that that concludes mailbag for this week. Hey, keep those cards and letters coming. We enjoy hearing from our fans. So, if you want to get on the show, maybe win some swag, send us an email. Now, boys, time for a couple of things. <laughs> In the old days, they called it stage fright. But in more modern times, we've adopted the term performance anxiety. And no matter what it's called, it isn't fun. And it has been responsible for detracting or entirely crashing more than a few well-intentioned performances. Uh, Let's put it on the table. Let's unpack it. Let's get to the heart of the matter and talk about our nerves. How about performance anxiety?
2: Yeah, this is a huge, huge topic. I I hope we have enough time to get to everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let's start here. Where do you, or do you have a place you want to start?
0: No, no, I, I, I'm, I've got some things, but wherever you want to go.
2: Here's where I want to start. I think a lot of times this comes about more from uh, a lack of confidence and preparation than it does from something more severe. And I think we can get to the more severe part. But when you know when you step up on stage in a recital or a solo setting and. And just, you know, get the cold sweats, get the dry mouth, whatever it is. Why does that happen? I think a lot of that comes down to have you prepared in a way to, what we've talked about before, set yourself up for success. And I think that's the first thing. That's the first place to go is Mm -hmm. have you prepared, don't you think, or no?
0: I do. Uh, You know, and obviously a a couple weeks ago, I guess it was we talked about building these successes. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is our, this has been our approach all along. I think in terms of saying, all right, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Right. I'm going to stick with this positive. And, and I agree with that. Like I, I say students, you know, uh, if you had to walk out and play one single concert F, would you be as nervous as you are right now? Well, no, I could do that. Well, there's the answer. <laughs> this right. is what you're talking about, right? It's yes. a manageable thing. Exactly. And that gets rid of a lot of the nerves. This is the baseline, I agree.
2: Yeah, this is the baseline, because so many times, I've been talking about this a lot with students recently, is that, you know, we've been talking about this, where people practice backwards, right? In the practice room, (laughs) you know, we play it until like, yeah, okay, I pretty much got it. And then when it's time to perform is when then you start thinking, now everything matters. You've got (laughs) to make sure that everything matters in the practice room so that when you get on stage, I just had a student in last week, not a student of mine who came and just grabbed one lesson. And what she asked me is, okay, so we were talking about, uh, I said a couple excerpts to play through. Talked to her and she played really well. I said, wow, that sounds that sounds really good. She said, okay, but, because part of the problem is she was breathing in different places. She played it twice for me. I said, you breathe in different places. You know, with excerpts, you want to win orchestra auditions, you have to have that dialed into. this is how I play it. She said, yeah, but when you get into the, you know, the room or you get onto the stage, then, but then what if you have to do it differently? And I said, oh, that's a great question. You want to practice so that this is how you play it. And there is no other way in which you play it other than great. So you've got every variable already taken care of. That's why you practice. If you're going in there going, I hope this goes well and let's see what happens, you're mm. already lost. Right? Absolutely. So it's about that kind of preparation, even to the preparation of, and Bill, you brought this up before, performing for other people before you've, pre- the, the first time you perform oh a God. solo recital that, for whatever that matters, uh, for a degree, for a grade, yeah. that shouldn't be the first time you've performed that in front of people,
0: right? Whether that's uh, hauling someone into a practice room, you know, on occasion to listen to you, or as the world gets back to normal, you know, booking yourself at a at, at a local, um, you know, assisted living facility, right, uh, or place where they're open to having recitals, of people come in. I I know that I've previewed. Uh, concertos at a church gig i'll offer you know hey uh can we do this as a prelude uh let's do the second movement as operatory uh let's do the the third movement as an outlude So, so we second
2: movements with them you know, <laughs> i'll tell you even or even other trumpet players uh, sometimes we're the worst audience in the world but if you're in college we often have studio classes right and here's what i remember one of my wow most embarrassing moments as an undergrad we were supposed to bring in something memorized so what I was, I think I was supposed to come in and play was part of the, like the first big chunk of the Artunian, like the first page and a half or so. And, um, cause I was playing that for my, uh, my jury at the end of the semester. So I was supposed to have memorized memorize and come in. So people are going up and playing. All right, Joey. go. So I walk up and I start and I, I generally memorize fairly quickly. And it wasn't something I worried about, something I'd really thought about too much. I'm like, yeah, I pretty much got this. So I got in front of the studio class. So it's me, all the trumpet students, Barbara in the back of the room. And I play the whole opening, right? And I get to the bottom of the first page. And then I've got nothing. (laughs) And I am standing there. turn the page in in my mind and it's blank. Right. And I mean, my friends up in the front of the room are going like, they're like, they're trying to help me out. And I'm like, just looking. And Barbara says from the back of the room, so is that all that you have? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I think so. Okay, you can go ahead and sit down. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But that fold had me thinking, Mm -hmm. wow, I didn't really do it. I didn't really take, I didn't, it wasn't so much a nerves thing as just a, like, you know, I just kind of forgot and went through that, but it was a lack of preparation, right? A lack of preparation led me to that place. So that got me back Mm -hmm. in the practice room so that when I did go perform that at the end of the year, oh my gosh, I had that thing dialed in within an inch of its life.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: That yeah. level of preparation is your first battle against performance anxiety.
0: Yeah. I had a I had a fold once on a uh, Beethoven trio transcription, right? Trombone, horn, and trumpet. Yeah. I got to like page
1: nine. Yeah, that's a big a, piece. It is. You, know, a, you know the piece yes, I'm talking about. I've played about. that many times. Yeah, that's a lot of notes. And
0: this had never really happened to me, and I made sure since that it, it never would again, but I just got there. My face went yeah not feeling it I'm kind of done for a minute <laughs> <laughs> as vince would say vince team, team would say my rest light came on <laughs> <laughs> except that in that piece there's nowhere to rest and i sat there panicked for about four bars until i could just gather myself again and there's nowhere to stop but man yeah. that that freaks you out and you know going in there's no way i'm gonna let that happen again right and you you build confidence from
1: that And helping a student by saying you just have to be confident is not helpful. Students build confidence by being successful in in the practice room and in lessons and in front of their peers. It doesn't just grow. I get the feeling people think it just grows on trees. Just pick it. You just have to be confident. Like, it just doesn't work that way. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Um, I, I think another part of it, then, is to understand how the body reacts, right? This is the fight or flight thing yes but an awareness of it so you're not freaked out yes your breathing rate is going to increase or your heart rate's going to increase right you, you were gonna sw- you're gonna be sweaty you might get dry mouth
2: yeah this is huge I want to talk about tempo for a second I just mm-hmm. gave a mass class last week talking about the use of the metronome right mm-hmm. so I said uh you know we talked about all these sort of things and Then I said this when you get nervous or I said first let me ask you the question where do you get tempo from? Hmm. Like, if you're just standing there and somebody said, "All right, play me something at 92 or play me something at 120," and you have nothing there, where does that come from? How do you ha- what what where does it, how do you yank that tempo out of the air? Anybody know? And it was silence. Right. Heartbeat. Right. So if you're if you get nervous, generally your heartbeat goes faster, so that what you think yeah. was 120. You now are playing 144. We, we've
0: we all been victims of a conductor, those people, right? Who have stood <laughs> the, on a Did podium. you say those yeah, people? Those people. I'm you to mean remove, we people? I'm trying to remove myself. <laughs> yeah. Guilt. Anyway, uh, you know, who have you played something in a concert faster than you ever rehearsed it? That's because someone started it at their, at their heart rate. <laughs>
2: Yeah, if, at, if their heart's know, beating 20 kicks faster, then their tempo's going to be a lot faster as well. Faster.
0: But, but part of it is having awareness. I thought this funny thing years ago. I thought this student that could not, I mean, this is the way it's going to go. You're going to be sweaty, you're going to be short of breath, and you're going to have dry mouth. So here's what we're going to do. Before we start this dress rehearsal, I need you to put your coat on, run three laps around the recital hall. Okay? <laughs> Good. Now eat this cracker. Okay, Go. Play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what it's gonna be like.
1: That's what it's gonna be like. Yeah, yeah. You but just that's get what,
0: used to that.
2: But that's why well, I advocate having having a metronome backstage so that right before you walk on, look at the little blinking light and go, That is my tempo. Right? Because if you walk out just thinking, I got it, I've rehearsed, I got it, I've rehearsed it, but you're nervous and it's going faster, boom, there it is. That's another level of preparation, right? Be prepared to be nervous. Yeah. Don't think this, well, it's not going to be, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm prepared now. I'm not going to do that. This is a bad idea. You want to get to the point of like, oh, sweating. All right, here it comes. And that's part of the process you're ready for so that you're comfortable being nervous, for lack of a better term.
0: My biggest fear was always the dry mouth thing. And so I had this crazy idea that I could hypnotize myself, which I couldn't do, by the way. Was you that, can. But, but, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's it possible. Kind, it gotta kind of work. That... The taste of the metal of my mouthpiece made me salivate. I tried to convince myself of this, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> sure. That that sensation okay, <laughs> of the mouthpiece going on, going on my mouth, going okay, and I'm going to salivate, and actually, kind of worked. <laughs> so you did great. hypnotize yourself. I really kind of did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. It, it, I mean, it sounds a little bit crazy. Now, for the dry mouth thing, I've heard about some other things, too. One of the tricks that I'll do is have students take, uh, make sure that they have a can of diet soda, or now there's sparkling water, something carbonated, because that really, something flavored, but not sugary sweet. And just the fact that it's sitting there in a glass on stage means they'll never get dry.
2: <laughs> you know <laughs> just what I mean? knowing it's available. I
0: have it. If I need it, they never, ever reach for it. And then I don't know if you guys heard this legend or not too. Maurice Andre with the mouthpiece dipped in lemon extract.
2: I've heard the story. I don't yeah, I've never hand. heard I don't know and that it's true or not.
0: Lemon on the hand. Back of his hand. Yeah, yeah. cutting a lemon on the back and then wiping on the back of the hand it dries but when you if you need it it's right there and you will salivate yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Um yeah. But I yeah. think just being aware that that's going to be a side effect of walking out there. It could yeah. Be.
2: And then so have yeah, there's a towel. physical yeah, have as, somebody who, as somebody who sweats, have a oh, towel.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, there are two, two sides to it, right? There's a physical manifestation of being nervous. There's also a mental manifestation of being nervous. And a lot of people are helped by meditation, by hypnosis, by um, sort of, um, Sarah used to have this job that was um, was uh, rehab to get people back into work in industrial um, work sites after being injured she, it, the, the place was called work hardening <laughs> mm. and so it's like it's like recital hardening it's mental hardenings against the mental anxiety that happens when you're when you're in a when you're in that situation that fight or flight situation and for a lot of you know some people think that that's a um, that's something that can be helped by with beta blockers or something but that's not something that can be helped with beta blockers right it's not affecting your your brain at all um, no, you, and, and that's a that's a that's a problem for some people they don't realize that that's not the way to attack it
0: Ashley Hall does a great job about talking about this the, that voice of the voice of fear or the voice of negativity yeah. um, because that, that's what the mind does right fills a void with, with negativity. You know, and you, I've been there where you, I've walked out there to play and stand there and the voice said, you do not deserve to be here. (laughs) (laughs) No, like you did not practice enough to be here for this. You're not ready. You know, that's that voice. Same voice is also argue with me about what my transposition is in a certain moment. (laughs) Oh yeah. Hey, hey, are we down a fifth or up a fourth right now? Shut up. Down a fifth or up a fourth. Which one is it? crap
2: (laughs) (laughs) the the clarity of mind and finding these things everybody has their own things to deal with but I just uh, I have a student giving a recital tomorrow night and uh, I said to him here's what we do here is the plan so first we talk about what people are wearing I always want to know what everybody's wearing make sure they're gonna look professional but comfortable you want both of those things yes so and then of course you know colors and we have to make sure they match and look good but Mm. uh, so I said here's (laughs) what you do get there early get tuned up with the horns because you don't want to walk on stage in tune. We've talked about that. So you're going to walk out and you know the first piece and you're going to walk out and say, this is going to be great. Then you're going to come back from that first piece. You're going to put the horn down. There will be no horns in your hand backstage. You will take one long, nice, easy breath. I don't care how long it takes you to get to that place. (laughs) You will take one long, easy breath and forget everything just happened. Whether it was the best thing you ever played or the worst thing you ever played. Neither one of those thoughts matters at this point. That's then you great. will pick up your next horn, you will walk out and you will say, this is going to go great. You will come off stage, put that horn down, take one long, easy mm-hmm. breath, no matter how long that takes. <laughs> and then that is music history because the two worst thoughts you can have on stage is, Wow, that went terrible i'm horrible or hey this is going great they are equally bad <laughs> thoughts <laughs> <laughs> both recipes so, for disaster on the yeah. next tune
0: <laughs> so when my students are giving a recital i actually am backstage to manage that
2: oh interesting I i'm s- out in the hall
0: yeah i stay yeah. backstage i i do the the final you know, take a big breath, make a beautiful sound. As they go out, I'm there to, to kind of recap quickly. Okay, we're going to take a minute. I'm watching the clock. We've got plenty of time. Get a drink. Don't worry about that right now. And then talk them through, okay, uh, see trumpets next. So I keep a big list on the chalkboard in the, in the green room, and we just check them off. One, okay, that's great. You're going to like that a lot when you hear it. Next thing. Because I, yeah. I think I would like to be out in the hall, but actually I'm going to be more of a wreck than they are. So I just kind of stay back to manage it.
2: That was the hard part when I I first got here Mm -hmm. was like sitting out in the recital and kind of squirmy because now I I, now I can't I can't do anything now. (laughs) I can't say, hey, listen, stop. Let's do that one more time from the top and now do this. No, no, no. This is the performance. And I just they're going to be great. and Everything's cool. Yeah. yeah, So Brian mentioned
0: something a second ago, because th- this always comes up in this discussion, and I I did something with this, too, to trick myself. Because it got to the point, I, I've never done the beta blocker thing. Never tried. Never really had to, always been pretty comfortable um, in front of people and all that. But a few years ago, I was like, man, I don't know, I wish I were felt a little more settled. You know, sometimes I'll walk out and be a little bit, you know, feel a little light, you mm-hmm. know, and then eventually I settle. And even went as far as talking to my doctor about it, saying, hey, this, you know, this is what I do for a living, and I think I might want to try something, and he wrote it, and I never cashed it in. I never <laughs> I never took the script to get it filled. So what I thought instead was, all right, these, this is the way that it feels when I'm nervous, right? This is, these are the things that happen. It's sort of like being caffeine buzzed, right? Or being <laughs> yeah. a little bit yeah. too activated, right? Yeah. So I thought, well, what if I move the baseline down so that even if I did get energized or agitated, it would be pretty much like they normal. Get you
2: back to level. <laughs> back to level.
0: <laughs> I thought I need to chill myself out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. I decaffeinated myself. I just took oh, that right. away. Oh sure. And right. I did that, and and I I take a daily vitamin, but I also started to take this stuff called ashwagandha. Now this is not a not a scheduled.
2: Did you just say Ashwabanon? like I the, the know, city in Wisconsin? Ashwagandha. <laughs> Okay. Anyway,
0: it's just a, you know, it's an immune booster thing and it's supposed to chill you out a little bit. At any rate, so I n- took a natural approach to kind of moving the baseline south a little bit so that even if I were to get a little bit agitated, I'd pretty much feel normal.
2: I That's cool. But absolutely. let's let's talk about uh, the next level of this, which is, mm-hmm. hey, listen, I've done this, I've done this, but this is more than just I'm getting nervous. This is really more of a physical condition that isn't yeah. manageable in any real way and right. lots of people lots of, uh, of students lots of professionals deal with this on a very regular basis mm-hmm. and uh, if at that point it, you need medical uh, you need medical attention something like beta blockers then use them. Absolutely. You know, this is one of those things where I think there are lots of people out there like it it almost sounds like, and I'm not putting you into this category, Bill, but, you know, like, well, I never use those. And it turns into a macho thing, which is ridiculous, because if it's like, and I know you weren't, I just want to make sure that we're clear. (laughs) No, 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 I got you. Yeah, but we're clear that the idea that if this is something that you need, then, you know, if you have a headache and aspirin is going to help with that headache, you should take some aspirin. You know, if you, you know, if this is something that has gotten to that level and you consult, consult with a doctor and medical professionals and say, hey, we should try this and see if this helps you. And if it does help you, oh, my gosh, use that.
0: Absolutely. You know, I More. think
2: they're, the the macho culture of, oh, I don't need it. and You shouldn't need it is still out there. And that's really too bad. It's definitely it out there. Yeah, yeah definitely I, I, out there.
0: I mean I got to the point where with it where I thought, you know what, this is the this comes to my attention. So many people use it. And why not? What we do is a nerve wracking thing. That's why I went ahead and asked for it. But I look, I don't take Tylenol. So for me it was more <laughs> about like it was more about the whole drug in the body thing than it was about you know, I just don't like that idea. Sure. Than it was about being macho and thinking I'm not because I did bail and said hey yeah uh, can you talk to me about this you know of course so and I, actually, I'm all for it
1: in my um, in my heart travails I have uh, actually been in this conversation numerous times with cardiologists and um, in 2006 when I was hosting ITG when I was having all these issues my doctor actually prescribed them. And um, and she said, I'm just looking at all your numbers and you do a stupid high dump of adrenaline into your system under stress, like it's ridiculous. And I think it's dangerous and you should be on beta blockers. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, I don't know how you perform at all, ever in your career. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know how you get on stage and perform like the, the way I see your body react is not okay. And she, so I don't know how you perform at all. And she said, but it's just dangerous for you to be walking around. When you get stressed, you have this re, this reaction. Your body, your heart reacts. I, I know people who take them for interviews um, sure. just because it puts their body in a different place. So um, more, more recently when I had this episode and I had the, the surgery last summer, um, my doctor's put me on beta blockers. And I said, well, "What's, what's the deal? Like, I don't want to be on these. I have taken them for performing, you know, to, to play the instrument. Um, but since my cardiologist said, look, you might consider that you might be happier. And I'll tell you what my experience has been too. Um, but um, they wanted me to go on them um, because of this heart arrhythmia. And I said, but I can't work out with it my body won't respond when I work out like it won't re- mm-hmm. your body and breathing your heart and breathing will not respond to increased load um, and so I view that as a problem the experience I had with these beta blockers um, for the heart condition a year ago it's about a year ago now was um, he wanted me to take them at night uh, actually, twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. When I took them at night, it felt like I had to remind myself to breathe as I was going to sleep. Oof. It was quite scary. Oh, wow. So no. I didn't tell them. I just, took, I just stopped taking the one at night because I just felt it was weird. I did take the one in the morning, um, and and I have taken it for performance. I tell you that in performance, when I took them for performing, when I have taken them for performing pretty regularly recently, um, before the faceplant, is it, it severed the body reaction to being nervous. And that had a spillover effect that my concentration for the music was actually heightened because I could actually focus on that and not how my body was doing something completely different than I did when I practiced. So that was a very strange feeling. I did it once in the orchestra I play in, and split notes from in other sections, or out of tune things, or wrong entrances, no longer distracted me. <laughs> oh, it was no, yeah. it was a super strange experience to be like, oh, let's just be in the moment. You don't have to stress anything. It was really a very strange experience. Right. Um, and then I have a friend who's who gets really ne- keyed up for performances. Incredible horn player and get really keyed up, and he has I mean, he's an amazing performer, but he thought maybe beta blockers were a thing for him because he gets so keyed up for performances. Turns out his body doesn't react at all for performances. It's all mental, right? and it's distracting roof chatter. Not negativity, but right. just distracting roof chatter, he called it, and that wasn't helped at all by <laughs> No, the beta blockers aren't going <laughs> to help blockers. that at all. So it's yeah. been a fascinating process for me uh to be in that in that zone and they i i have found found them helpful i would worry about if you had to be at a audition all day right because they're completely out of your system after just a few hours right so right. if you have to be in an audition and you have to perform a bunch of different times during the day i would be nervous about managing that uh right. the dosage throughout throughout that a 12 hour day or something
2: yeah but you know, that is part of the problem. Is is finding out what is giving you that performance anxiety. Yeah. Is it something physical that can be managed this way? Is it something metal, mental that maybe meditation, deep breathing can really help right. with? Because uh, that rooftop chatter is is funny. You know, it, it, I, <laughs> I, I understand oh, yeah. that one. You know, clearing <laughs> yeah, clearing course. your head is great. And you know, we all have these tricks. You know, we use. I use one myself that uh, I've told students about and I've told friends about, and no one seems to think is a good idea what I do is I look to see where people are sitting in the audience <laughs> and they're saying that doesn't make it worse I'm like no I like to see who's there and, and it <laughs> kind of I remember my interview day uh, here at IU which was April 1st oddly enough 2003 um, and I thought okay I'm not really great with names so I'm playing my recitals the first thing in the morning and going okay that's D Stewart. I know D Stewart. Okay, that is, you know, that's John Rommel. He's the one who walked me over here. So there's Ed Court. I could tell you right now where every, every one of them was sitting in Recital Hall when I was wow, playing because that's, cause that's what I was doing. And, you know, I remember doing this, uh, you know, like at Disney, I'd look to see, hey, is anybody coming out to see the show and see if we could find people? You know, this was always sort of fun for me like to see who's out in the audience people like no no that makes it much much worse but for me that's what works so you have to find out what does work for you but I will tell you one of the things I heard from Scott years ago when he was talking about working with his big band is about the best line I've heard and, and getting with preparation he says okay where does everybody play best well in the rehearsal everybody's relaxed in rehearsal and you know and so because there's not that Pressure of performance he says so I don't tell them like okay now is what matters I tell them I want it to be just like the rehearsal because that's where it sounded great and I thought about that a lot as uh when I played name drop coming when I played with the Chicago Symphony a couple summers ago there it is (laughs) um I was doing West Side Story the movie right so they had been on break for a while, and so we did the, the first rehearsal. And John Hagstrom and I, you know, we play second term in the orchestra, we went to college together, we've been friends since, you know, way back when. And uh, so we went out afterwards. And he said, so were you a little surprised at how rough the orchestra was? And, you know, they have been off for a while, and it's, this isn't what they do all the time. And it was that first rehearsal, maybe it was a tiny bit loose, you know. And I said, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't that worried about it. He says, man, you sounded really dialed in. And I said, oh, I don't have the option of being loose in the rehearsal. And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, you guys all know each other and you have jobs. I am, who's the guy we hired to come play the trumpet? So the every note I play in the rehearsal is how I'm being judged way before we get to the concert. And he said, oh, I hadn't thought of it that way. That's completely true. <laughs> but yeah, so, So for me, but I've always thought about it this way, is that it's just as important to me to try my best and to sound my best in the rehearsal as it is on the concert. So like, so that idea that the concert is now somehow different is one that I got over long, 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 long time ago. And yeah. I think this is a huge one, both from solo uh, solo performing and from ensemble performing for students and, and even even professionals. Like, oh, it's just the rehearsal, I don't care about this. David Baker, when I first joined the Smithsonian, it uh, was my, maybe my first time ever. We had 28 tunes on this gig. So we're doing the sound check. We're doing the dress rehearsal the day of. And here's the concert. And I'm going, whoa, wow, this is going to be long. He says, all right, so uh, we're going to go. We're going to start up at the top. And he says, Trumpets, you guys can you know, save it if you need to. I said, save it for what? <laughs> and he laughs. laughs. He said, we're either playing or we're not playing. Right. You know, so it, you know, the idea that I can kind of mark or go through is just, for me, generally bad fundamental playing. So that's not actually helpful at all.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Plus, like, I want to get dialed in here, so I'm going to play and I'm going to play. So that idea of the rehearsal is different than the concert. That's a huge problem. Sure. Yeah. You know, everything need you want to be you want to if you're you you're, for me you're either playing or you're not playing. So if you're playing, you should be trying to sound your best, regardless of where that is. And I think that's a huge one for for uh, performance anxiety as well, because the concert is where it's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you want it to be the same. I, I love the idea, of course, of focusing on something rather than focusing on not being nervous, right? Because we've, we've covered this in so yeah. many ways, right? Like, right. Don't think of what not to do. Don't think of what not to do. It's not gonna help. So I've I've had some students, I've tried a couple different things. One is there. I've said, you know, think about someone that you want to play to, right? And then yeah. just visualize that person is out in front of you, whether it's grandma or boyfriend or whoever it happens to be, you know, and, and you're playing to them. Uh, another thing I've done is I've taken a little post-it note, and I'll ask them in the lesson. You know, we're we're talking about this. Someone who's important to you, right? And I'll take that little bit of post-it note and I put it on the back of the first valve, right, mm-hmm. right where they can see it. I say, great. I want you to write something on there that means something to you that's going to give you a focal point. So whether it's someone's initials or a cross or a sun or whatever you need it to be for you, that will become your point of focus then that's that conversation you're having with yourself. That is something to focus on rather than trying not to focus on something else. And that's worked pretty well, actually. I've had a couple of pretty nervous performers over the years who really found some solace in this idea that they're just going to bring this in and and there's a reminder for them. So kind of cool. Kind of worked. I I think ultimately, look, get bored, right? Like play the stuff (laughs) so much. That you, it's so predictable, right? You well, know I, it's going
2: to go well. Your first line of defense is over-preparation. Over-preparation. Is so uh, that, uh, this is, there is only one way I play this, and I play it great, and this is how it goes, and I play it that way out of habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and putting I'm, yourself absolutely. in that position to
0: practice performing we practice the music all the time but putting yourself in a position to practice performing whether it's in a practice room with someone or setting up in the lobby to do a little lunchtime concert without your pianist you know Mm -hmm. whatever it happens to be put yourself Mm -hmm. in that position and And Joey's
1: talking about recording having students submit etudes you know by video last fall right and Mm -hmm. last spring Mm -hmm. and how important it was for them to realize oh top to bottom one take Wow, this is a different animal than stopping and starting in a lesson, saying "I'm sorry." No, just give me a a full full take, and that's a very different experience.
2: Mhm.
1: Mhm. Yeah,
0: to know because you need to know. I've heard Vince DiMartino say once, if you're worried about getting through the recital, what you do on the dress rehearsal is you play the whole thing, and then you start over and play the first movement of the first piece again. Yeah, at the end, so that you know on the day of the gig you don't have to do that. You got more in the tank. You got more in the (laughs) tank. You know you can make it. You could actually start over, in fact, if you needed to.
2: We could do this twice if we had to.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, Joey, you know, Jan Roller used to play his recitals three times through. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, three times through. Actually, I I heard him play a whole bunch of recitals. He just didn't miss. He just kept playing. It was (laughs) just crazy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was just crazy.
0: I also like to focus on food. So if I <laughs> I know like I'm telling myself that I'm just gonna get some chicken wings when this is over. Right?
2: Are you now taunting us with Arugas? I am from Arugas taunting on the podcast. I'm throwing the flag. This is unacceptable. <laughs> wow. This is unnecessary roughness.
0: I know that, you know, as soon as this is over, I'm gonna go get to get arugas.
2: Oh, that's just mean. Wow. I know. This is why this is why I, I this is one of the hardest parts of the year. Uh you know, not getting to travel as much. We've talked about, you know, you miss the food. I haven't had real Mexican food now in a year because, you know, last <laughs> February was the last time I was down in Houston, the Houston Symphony. Dang. And there are a couple places down there I like to go. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I absolutely, I do miss that. It's just not really okay. Yeah. But, yeah, focusing on food is always a good idea. You didn't get Chi-Chi's sure. carry out in Bloomington? That's not a thing. Actually, there's no, no Chi-Chi's here anymore. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> oh. that doesn't count. That's <laughs> unacceptable. That's
0: not okay. You can't say that to a real Texan. No, <laughs> you kidding me?
2: No. Them, them's fighting words in the in the, in the, wor- in uh, the, in the parlance of my people. That's right.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, oh, man. Well, look, we've all been there, right? We've all had that, that time when we're nervous to be out there and you know, I've worked diligently to overcome that. And and what a shame it could be because you, you know somebody works really hard to get where they are and then, you know, destroyed by that. So it's something to confront, right? I mean, I love this idea that, you know, Joe, you made a great example there. Look, if you had a headache, you would do this. Or if your knee hurt, you would do that. If this is a thing that's in your way, deal with it in whatever way you have to.
1: You know? right. Check out some Don mm-hmm. Green teachings, too. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah yeah For if sure. it's
2: if it's if it's physical and needs medical attention use that if it's mental and needs that kind of attention do that do that you know but it but uh, but always starts from the over preparation that's always yeah. included in yeah. those
0: as well and if you need help with the, the like the dosing stuff, I saw Brian what I thought was eating skittles when we were in England <laughs> 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 just
1: uh, that was pez
0: that was <laughs> and now I'm realizing what was what was really going on there. Not funny. Empty an Don't entire bottle before the gig. <laughs> Don't
2: do that.
1: But I had my pocket defibrillator with me, so it was okay.
2: Oh man, there's Could there's a phrase this. I never want to hear. No, <laughs> I've got my pocket defibrillator with me.
1: Awesome. <laughs> That's a Will Sasso skit on uh, oh. on Mad TV. Oh, Joe.
0: fantastic. Well, hopefully that uh, gives some folks some uh, information that can help them with some performance anxiety. Now, time for no offense. Now, I know in recent weeks, I've kind of tied this into the couple things topic, but come on, man, pay attention. The real WTF, the World Trumpet Federation, was here first, and we're not going anywhere. Nice try with the t-shirts, but it's a no-go here and apparently on oh. Facebook oh my where gosh. our loyal followers pointed out this very thing. When you say WTF, we know you mean the World Trumpet Federation. There's <laughs> no room for force in this equation.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Going in hard and all in too much. much? (laughs) No, it's true. It's Very clear. There is a WTF. And in the trumpet world, that's the World Trumpet Federation. There it is. Period. Full stop. It's I I don't think there's any uh, there's any further discussion really warranted. Right.
0: And what I what convinced me that what I'm saying is true is that we didn't even have to respond to that our no, loyal right. our loyal listeners, well, followers. Went to our right in. defense. Hey, uh, you <laughs> might want to look around. This thing's already in It's already a, pod- a thing. They, I think it said they got a podcast and everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Although to be to be fair, that means we got to get our, our stuff out there. We do. We really got to get on that.
0: We got to get on the merch.
2: We got to get on the merch. We need our stuff out. We need
0: yeah. the what well, yeah, and and Joey, you're, you know, your mom keeps asking. Is she going to win the t shirt? The You're Doing It Wrong. Yeah. World Trumpet Federation. I I took
2: a, I did, uh, it was still a little chilly here yesterday. I took a 10 mile bike ride in a pink World Trumpet Federation hoodie yesterday. Yeah. I like it. Yeah.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) Flying the colors. Exactly. As it were in Bloomington. Yeah, my son wore his uh, World Trumpet Federation hoodie to school on picture day. (laughs) Yes. Proud moment.
1: That's very
2: good work especially for a saxophone player i
0: yeah. know right uh, yeah that's, that's how that. we know we're we're making a difference <laughs> well listen <laughs> that shit about dude for today we've come to the end of another episode thanks for joining us on the open bell stay tuned tell your friends remain calm you've got this so long for now remember to keep an open mind but more importantly an open bell